You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your for the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, I apologize, golf fans, for interrupting, but we will uh, go back to coverage of the British Open as soon as we're off the air at 12 noon. Coming up on today's program, busy racing day. You've got NASCAR in New Hampshire. You've got IndyCar in Toronto. And uh, we'll talk about both races here on today's program. Also, if you missed it, Friday was Rusty Wallace Day here in Buffalo as Rusty Wallace was in town promoting uh, the Cup race coming up at Watkins Glen next month. He was downtown driving a race car around Niagara Square. You're going to hear from Rusty in just a few minutes here on this opening segment. We'll also hear from Michael Prince up, the president of Watkins Glen International. Uh, grabbed a couple of uh, words with him as well, too, during Rusty's visit on Friday. It was tons of fun to watch Rusty whip around Niagara Square in a, uh, a Brad Keselowski uh, number two. Uh, Ford Fusion Cup car, but a neat appearance and a fun day in the city of Buffalo. If you're looking for, uh, if you want to see it, if you missed it, didn't see it on the news, uh, I do have a few videos uh, on my Twitter account at Fast Track 550 and also on our Facebook page uh, to facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. Also coming up on today's show, big news uh, for local racing fans this week. As we found out that Super Dirt Week, which of course had been held at the New York State Fairgrounds in Syracuse for the previous 44 years, was being moved for this year because the grandstands and racetrack at the fairgrounds were torn down. We thought it was going to be held at Central New York Raceway Park, a yet-to-be-built facility. But instead, since that track is not ready, it's going to be held at the Oswego Speedway this October. And that is big news. And with uh, They'll have to put clay down on the pavement racing surface there in Oswego. And we're going to talk more about that with Jeff Hockman from Dirt Car and World Racing Group, uh, one of the uh, folks in charge there at Dirt Car here in Central New York. So we'll talk to Jeff Hockman uh, at the bottom of the hour about the official announcement. It had been rumored for some time that Oswego was going to host it, and uh, we got official word this week that it will be at Oswego. So we'll talk to Jeff Hockman about that later on this hour. Phone lines are open here for you, 803 but the big news of the week in the racing world has been about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, news coming out this week, late this week, that Dale Earnhardt Jr. was going to miss today's race in New Hampshire. And Alex Bowman will be filling in for uh, Earnhardt today in the 88 car as Jr. is sitting out with what is being called concussion-like symptoms. And concussions, obviously, a various serious matter in all forms of sports these days with uh, the the talk of the NF with the NFL and the NHL and CTE and everything that's been going on connected to concussions. Well, Dale Jr., who's had a history of concussions, uh, was not feeling so hot this week, and after visiting with some neurological specialists, uh, decided to sit out today's race in New Hampshire because of those concussion-like symptoms. Now, we don't know the exact uh, moment when Dale Jr. might have suffered a concussion. Uh, you cannot point to a certain specific crash or a moment saying that's where he 
got this most recent concussion because he's not even really sure. He didn't crash last weekend in Kentucky, of course. He finished the race, but his previous two races at Michigan are two of the previous races he's run recently uh, at Daytona and Michigan. He did crash in both of those events. Now, both of those crashes he was able to drive away from, so he was never taken to the infield care center for either events, and the uh, G-Force uh, recorder for both of those wrecks also didn't record anything that NASCAR uh, caught that caught NASCAR's attention where they wanted to examine him for possible concussion and either of those incidents, so it kind of flew under the radar. But at last weekend in Kentucky, Dale Jr. didn't feel all that well. He thought it was allergies, and uh, those problems continued to plague him this week, and finally sitting down, meeting with doctors, deciding to sit out today's race. And, of course, if you uh, have followed the sport, you know that this isn't Dale Jr.'s first time dealing with concussion issues. Remember, back in the chase in 2012, um, he sat out a couple of chase races because of a concussion he suffered at Talladega. And then back in 2002, he suffered a concussion at Fontana and never told anybody about it. He uh, continued to race after that. Of course, we knew... Uh, it wasn't as hot topic an issue back then in 2002, but he continued to race with a concussion back then. And since then, concussions have become a, a more uh, covered topic by NASCAR. Now they do the baseline testing and everything uh, to test the drivers. They get a baseline reading of their uh, neurological function. They can go off of that if they do need to test a driver for a po possible concussion. But again, uh, without being able to pinpoint when Dale Jr. suffered that concussion. That's why NASCAR never tested him until Jr. made the choice himself to sit out today's race at New Hampshire. The other big part of that news story, besides the fact that Dale Jr. is going to miss at least today's race, if he is going to miss next weekend's race in Indianapolis, and now he will have to go through NASCAR's concussion protocol to get back behind, before he can get back behind the wheel. The other big news surrounding this, of course, is Hendrick Motorsports said on Friday that if Dale Jr. can't go for Indianapolis, it is going to be Jeff Gordon coming out of retirement to drive the 88 car um, next Sunday at Indianapolis, which is huge news, obviously, with... Gordon, of course, in his first year of retirement, he's been in the, the TV booth for the first half of the season in Fox, but he'll get back behind the wheel and something I never expect would happen. I thought once Jeff Gordon retired, he was going to be done with racing. We'd never, ever probably see him behind the wheel of another race car, especially a, I never thought he'd be in another NASCAR race again. Maybe he'd do something where he'd go run an Indy car race or a sports car race or something, but I thought we'd never see him back behind the wheel of a cup car ever again, and he would just stick to doing TV. But Hendrick has already confirmed that Dale, uh, Jeff Gordon will drive the 88 next week at Indianapolis if Dale Jr. can't go. So that was a huge bombshell story this week, and it goes to it brings up a lot of questions about the future of Dale Earnhardt Jr. in NASCAR. He's you know I believe 41 years of age. This is his at least third incident now in his career where we've had to deal with talking about him with concussions. Um, and you got to wonder if Dale Jr. is taking a hard look at the future of his career. He's already had a long career in the sport, and uh, you know he's getting married very soon, and just looking at his future in the sport. Uh, how how many more years will Dale Jr. drive? Especially now with a potential at least third concussion in his career, and this could leave NASCAR in a big hole if he decides to hang it up. I mean, if you take a look at the, the driver roster in the sport, Jeff Gordon's retired, although, of course, he might be back behind the wheel next week. Tony Stewart is retiring. Uh, if Dale Jr. decides to hang it up 
uh, after this year or after next year, and obviously this is all speculation. He, the there's been no long term prognosis for the that Dale Jr. or Hendrick Motorsport has come out and said about the future of Dale Jr. But speculation with his age and with his health, you know, he might decide to to get out from behind the wheel. But that would leave NASCAR with a big hole. In the major star category, especially to casual fans of the sport, uh, you, you know, you watch, you know, you maybe you don't watch golf all the time, but you're watching this week or listening this week because of Phil Mickelson's going for the, the win today at the British Open, or you watch the NBA Finals because of, you know, Steph Curry and LeBron James. You really don't know the sport, but you know the big names in the sport. Well, NASCAR could be really lacking in big names uh, if Dale Jr. retires on top of the retirements of Gordon and Stewart. Obviously, you still have a few. You have a major star in Jimmy Johnson, a six-time champion who has already had some crossover appeal in the mainstream media and in sports. But beyond that, uh, NASCAR will have to teach the fan base about some more. They'll have to introduce some bigger names into the sport. And fans that are casual fans of NASCAR, they're going to have to learn names like Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski and maybe Chase Elliott or uh, Kevin Harvick, it really leaves uh, the sport in a potential big hole in the, the star category if Dale Jr. decides to hang it up. But definitely a great, de- not a great decision, but a wise decision by Dale Hernard Jr. Um, to d- decide to step out of the car. He realized, he recognized the symptoms, he knew something was wrong, and he wasn't going to jeopardize his health any further or jeopardize those of his competitors being out there in the race car with these issues, although he did possibly race with him last weekend in Kentucky he didn't maybe didn't realize it till now that it might have been a possible concussion um still it takes a lot for for to get a to get a race car driver to step out step away from driving the car it takes a lot to do that and uh, it took a lot for Dale Jr. I'm sure to uh decide to uh, sit out today's race at New Hampshire uh Alex Bowman as I said will fill in for him he'll roll off 20th today in the 88 car uh Jimmy Johnson will be on the pole for today's race in New Hampshire alongside Kyle Busch uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Kurt Busch in row two. Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano in row three. Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick in row four. And then you got Brad Keselowski starting tonight, uh, ninth today, looking for his third straight win in the series. And A.J. Allmendinger rounding out today's top ten starters. Uh, obviously, New Hampshire, the flat mile oval up there in Loudoun, New Hampshire. And a lot of talk about bumps this week. Uh, the tracks have been the track has been very bumpy uh, throughout the weekend for qualifying and practice, and it's been doing a lot to the bodies of these cars uh, with uh, the a lot of the side skirts and panels. Uh, they can get bent up and flared out because of the bumps out there in the racetrack, and I'm sure that'll make a handful for the teams today. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Right now, though, I want to go back to Friday uh, downtown Buffalo, right in front of City Hall. As Rusty Wallace came to town uh, on Friday for Rusty Wallace Day in the city of Buffalo, he started his day at New Era, uh, the headquarters there on Delaware Avenue. He checked in, met with the folks there at New Era, designed himself a uh, nice-looking uh, hat with the black hat with the, the familiar yellow number two that he drove in the 1990s. And then he hopped in a, uh, a Miller Lite number two show car, drove it down Delaware Avenue into Niagara Square and did a few laps. And uh, after he got out, he uh, met with the media, including myself, Asked him a few questions about the city, and also stay tuned because I do ask him about Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon at the end of this interview. So this is Rusty Wallace from Friday in downtown Buffalo. Rusty, what was it like to turn it loose there uh, in the streets of Buffalo? Well, it's the first time I've ever had, I've been in the streets of Buffalo uh, taking a car around. I told the mayor, I said, you guys got a pretty good little racetrack here. I mean, this was a great place to take the car and air it out a little bit and have fun, but uh, I really appreciate it. So 
great promotion we're doing for Watkins Glen Racetrack. We appreciate Buffalo letting us come here and Mayor being so kind to us and wearing my cap. Absolutely. This is the old two. school cap, man. The car, this is uh, Midnight used to be my favorite car, and this was the Midnight cap that New Era is making for us, so it's a pretty cool deal. Why is it so important to get people here from Western New York out to Watkins Glen? Well, I think that the city is, uh, so many things going on in major cities nowadays, it's unreal, and and if you don't get out there and tell them that, hey, Watkins Glen's got the big race going on, sometimes uh, they just forget, and they wouldn't know, so we're here to remind them and let them know that uh, the big race is coming up, but above all, this is a special big race, because the track has been completely repaved and the configuration is the same but I, they're telling me the lap speeds are incredibly fast and the, the people are just really excited about it so this isn't any Watkins Glen race this is a big big race coming out because of what they've done to the track and Russ, when you talk about uh, Watkins Glen it is a jewel in New York State that people forget it's there and, and it, there's only a few road tracks so talk about just the Glen itself and and what it what it's like. Well, the it's Glen, it, you know? uh, Watkins Glen, the track's been a great track for me. I've won there several times. I, I love going there. It's one of the stops that when I get to go there, I get excited about it because you know what? It's just not the track. It's the city and the community and the people you get to meet. And here I am at Buffalo today, and I flew in last night. And I went, wow, is this city neat? And wow, is this city clean? That's the thing that really stood out to me, how nice the city was. So uh, a lot of times it's not just the track itself. It's the community and the people you get to meet. And for me, that's the case. What was it about the track that played to your strengths? I like going left and right, and I started training on the road courses out in Sonoma, California. I had a, a, a guy named uh, uh, Bob Bondurat that taught me a little bit. I got to run some laughs with Paul Newman and Bob Bondurat. And a lot of people don't know that Newman was a really great road racer. And I remember going out to uh, Sears Point out in California doing an extensive five-day training session. I left straight from there. I went to Riverside, California and won. Then I won again at Riverside. Then I won again at Riverside. Then I won the last two races ever run at Riverside. Then came to Watkins Glen and won Watkins Glen. And it was all because of my road course training. So I did a lot of it, and I really enjoy it. And so, like I told you earlier, when we get to go to the Glen, it, it's a real treat. It's not like going to another place. And and it's a real treat coming here to Buffalo. It really is. I, I've had a great day, and people have been so nice and so kind. And I know one thing. There's a lot of race fans up here. Before we ask the mayor, you tell us, what's the track like here in Niagara Square? <laughs> I was joking around with the mayor. I told him, I said, hey, you got a little bump right here in the front straight. Well, we need to pave that and smooth it out a little bit. <laughs> but uh, he laughed a little bit. But it was fun. It's, it's a miniature oval track. And you get to get a, get a little throttle and have fun, and it was nice seeing the, the, the people uh, and, and our patrons and fans waving and cheering and taking pictures. It was nice seeing that, so it was a good time. Does it compare to any short tracks in the Midwest you ran on? Running around your track here. How does that do for you and the city of Buffalo? Well, listen, it's exciting to have Rusty Wallace here, uh, racing Hall of Famer, NASCAR Hall of Famer, and to uh, say that uh, Buffalo's a great city. He's enjoying Buffalo uh, to promote one of the uh, great places in New York State, in Watkins Glen. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this. But I want to make it clear that Rusty Wallace is the only one authorized to drive like this in Niagara Square. I love it. I love it. And it's Rusty Wallace Day today, and I'm really excited about that. Well, we're, we're excited to present you with the day here I get to go. I'm going to go home tonight and brag to my kids about this. <laughs> is there anyone you're watching for at this year's race? Uh, no, you know what? Gosh darn, I mean, Keselowski is so fast. He won Daytona. 
he won the week before. The Penske car's been quick. It'd be hard for me to, to pick anybody else at the moment because they got two consecutive wins. And look, I'm a little biased maybe because this is my old car. I never. I remember 1991. Roger Penske and I sat down and said, "Let's go find a car number." And I said, "Well, this number two is available. Let's get it." We got that. Then we took a pizza box and we designed the shape of the number two on an empty pizza box one night. I'll never forget that. So the two car is a, a special place in my heart. I started off with the Miller Brewing Company and ended with the Miller Brewing Company. Started off with number two with Penske and ended with number two in Penske. So it's a. Uh, and with Penske's cars winning the last two races, I'd be an idiot not to say that I think they can keep on winning. Yeah. Plus, all your achievements as a driver and, and the Hall of Fame and all your races you've done. If you stop, how often you thought about that? How, how, how do you feel about your career? Well, I mean, I had a real blessed career, and I've been real fortunate. I felt like I gave back to the sport, and the sport has really done a lot for me. Uh, and probably the highlight of my career was in 2013 when they inducted me into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That was a real big deal for me. And then, uh, then a year after that, they inducted me into Motorsports of America Hall of Fame, and that's that recognizes NASCAR and drag racing and boats and everything. And so, media's gave back to me. I gave back to them. We've all had a great time, and this is a wonderful sport. Rusty, your thoughts on Dale sitting out this weekend in New Hampshire with the concussion symptoms? Uh, that's a real big su surprise to me that he had a concussion system. Uh, system, and he's well, setting out is the proper thing to do. There's no doubt about that. And even more with the NASCAR's new playoff system because if you win, if you win, you're in. And if you are in the top 30 in points, you're in. Right. So it's okay. You know, he can afford to take a couple weeks off probably. I don't, I don't know if you heard, but Hendrick announced that Jeff Gordon's going to drive in Indy if Dale can't go. Would you ever, uh, maybe not, maybe when you first got out of the car, if you ever had that opportunity, would you have gotten back in after you announced your retirement? Uh, yeah, I would have. I would have got back in, that's for sure. And that's a good choice uh, to put... Uh, uh, Gordon back in the car. In my opinion, Gordon got out way too early. He, he got burned out from being on the road so much. And uh, now, uh, him sitting in a TV booth, I think he's saying, seeing that he likes driving a lot better than he does doing TV work. So, uh, I, I hope he does. I hope he's the guy they select to put in there. A couple more. When you're not racing around the streets here, what have you been doing lately? What have you, been up you, you know, I've got eight car dealerships in East Tennessee that I, I deal with. And I'm the, I work with the guys at Motor Racing Network. I announce the NASCAR races on radio. So I'll be announcing the race in Watkins Glen uh, with the Motor Racing Network. Yeah. There's Rusty Wallace from Friday in downtown Buffalo. Apologize for the wind in the background. It, well, obviously, a windy day there on Friday, especially downtown. But it was interesting to hear Rusty say that if he could have got back behind the wheel, that he if if something like that would have came up for him back when he after he retired in 2005, that he might have jumped at the chance to get back behind the wheel because Rusty's one of those guys that he. When he retired, he retired and never raced again in Cup. I mean, you you had other guys, you know, like Mark Martin. He had his farewell tour and then wound up racing for, what, like eight, ten years after that. And Terry Labonte went on forever. Daryl Welch, a lot of these guys well past their prime, um, almost hurting their, their legacy in the sport because of, of, you know, taking rides and finishing 40th every week. But Rusty's been one of the few when he retired, he retired and never got back behind the wheel. But interesting to hear him say that uh, if he would have had a similar opportunity like Jeff Gordon might get next weekend in Indianapolis, that he would take advantage of it. And also interesting to hear him say that, that Gordon's actually probably itching to get back behind the wheel because of uh, the, being around at the track uh, uh, for the t doing TV for the first half of the year, that he's probably uh, can't wait to get back behind the wheel if he gets the opportunity next weekend.
It was interesting to note, too, I heard that Gordon was at Kentucky last weekend. Even though he wasn't doing TV, he was down there on the pit box uh, for both Dale Jr. and Chase Elliott during the race at Kentucky last week. So uh, Jeff's still hanging around the sport, uh, not in New Hampshire. He's uh, traveling in Europe this week. Actually, he happened to be in France uh, on Bastille Day. wasn't near Nice where the terrorist attack happened, but Jeff Gordon was in France on that day. But uh, that's why he's not in New Hampshire this weekend, but he'll be back in the States and with, and I believe Wednesday is when we'll find out uh, if Jeff or Dale will be driving the 88 next weekend. Also had a chance to talk to uh, Michael Printup on Friday. Quick interview here. Again, apologize for the windy background, but uh, got a chance to talk to Michael uh, as he is uh, right in the middle of a very busy stretch. They've got the six hours behind him. They've got the cup race coming up in a few weeks, and they still have the IndyCar race uh, coming up Labor Day weekend, too. So here's Michael Printup from Friday here on Fast Track. Michael, I know you love to come back home. You brought Joseph Newgarden to Buffalo. Now you've brought us Rusty Wallace. It's uh, great to give back to the community. Yeah, you know, I love coming home, as you well know, and it's great to see what the Mayor Brown and the city does here. And, you know, the media, the show out today was unbelievable. And Rusty, I think he was 12 again behind that wheel. He had, as you can see, is his smile. He's driving around in circles and breaking. It was it was awesome. Well, let's talk about the track. You've got the Salem Six Hours in the books. How were uh, all the re- reviews from that event? And did you learn anything going forward with the couple? weekend yeah I mean you know obviously two different cars or a lot of different cars from the IMSA with the sports car series but all the drivers kept telling us all weekend was how fast how much grip it had and we already kind of know that from the NASCAR test but the NASCAR test comes back here on another week and a half so they're we're gonna have 20 teams out there so it'll get it'll get exciting now but um, uh, we're getting close uh, we look forward to this big test but it's a fast track how much busier is your schedule now know that you've added the IndyCar date Labor Day weekend too well they're not any days off this summer so not getting much boat time this year, but, uh, you know, that's okay. We're going to have a great racing season. Now, are you and Rusty going to go back to Daytona and try and pitch maybe the All-Star Race coming to Buffalo here at Niger Square? <laughs> hey, that would be awesome to do that. No, we're going to jump on a helicopter and go see our next best friends after New Era. We're going to go see Zippo now. Welcome back home, Mike. We'll talk again soon. You got it, Dave. Thank you. There's Michael Printup from Friday in downtown Buffalo, and it was also a cool moment for him and a fellow Western New York native, uh, Tim Dewar from uh, Ford Motorsports, who we had on the show last year uh, after Joey Logano won the Daytona 500, Tim from North Tonawanda, and uh, Michael from West Seneca, a couple of Western New York guys, so it was extra special day for them. Uh, not only to bring Rusty Wallace to their hometown, but uh, have the sport on uh, spotlight like it was Friday in downtown. And again, check out our social media, uh, Fast Track 550 on Twitter or Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. If you want to see uh, some videos I took uh, as uh, the car was ripping around Niagara, the uh, Rusty Wallace car was ripping around Niagara Square. He really got into it, although he first took off. And he went to go make the first left turn and spun it out. He did a 180 in what you, I guess you could say turn one. Uh, he did the 180 in the corner there. Uh, but he got it going. It was really whipping around the circle and even uh, did a little uh, slideways action around Niagara Square. But he really he got going. It was pretty fun to see. And, uh, of course, they used to race go-karts around Niagara Square. They always had that yearly charity event uh, racing go-karts around that circle there right in downtown Buffalo. I can't remember how long ago it was that they did that. But I know they did it for at least a couple of years. So uh, we were joking there to, you know, with Rusty saying it was a nice little racetrack if we could convince NASCAR to move the all-star race to Buffalo and put it on right in Niagara Square. Obviously, wouldn't happen, but uh, it'd be fun to bring some kind of racing back to downtown Buffalo. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk to uh, Jeff Hockman from Dirt Car and the World Racing Group about the move of Super Dirt Week to the Oswego Speedway. We'll also uh, take a quick look at the IndyCar race going on today up in Toronto, the Honda Indy Toronto. And time for your phone calls, too, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. 
11.33 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. The IndyCar Series just to uh, the direct north of us up in Toronto today on the streets of the CNE for today's Honda Indy Toronto. And uh, Scott Dixon on the pull for today's race came in and stole it from Elio Castroneves right in the dying moments of uh, of uh, the Fast 6 qualifying during yesterday's session. Scott Dixon will be on the pole. Castro Neves will join him on in row one. Row two, it'll be at Alpensky Row with Simon Pagino and Will Power. Sebastian Bourdais, James Hinchcliffe looking for the hometown win will be in row three. Connor Daly, Joseph Newgarden, the defending race winners starting seventh and eighth. Juan Pablo Montoya and Mikhail Aloshin round out the top ten starters and a little bit of some changes at the uh, course up there at the CNE this year due to some construction. And when isn't there construction in Toronto, whether it be uh, high rises or road construction with the QEW, but some construction that forced organizers to make some changes to the race course this year in Toronto. And uh, they've moved the pit lane is on the other side of the racetrack this year. And they've also really narrowed turns 10 and 11 in uh, I mean, you could barely squeeze one Indy car through there. Definitely cannot get two side by side. It's the the last two turns of the of the circuit coming to the the start finish line. It is so narrow that last turn, in fact. And actually, Juan Pablo Montoya hit pretty hard in that corner during practice this weekend already, um, because it is so narrow. He kind of missed the turn and slapped the outside wall with his Penske car. And uh, it, it, I just was just watching uh, qualifying and some of the practice this weekend. It is unbelievably narrow, uh, that final turn of the course today. So if there's a good last lap battle for the win, it could get ugly if two guys try to squeeze in through that final turn at Toronto today. But uh, also a lot of concern from the drivers with uh, just how bumpy things are uh, there on the, the CNE course. Uh, and also, some uh, again, some barriers have been rearranged. And again, Pit Road is on the other side of the course this year because of some construction in the area. So it'll be quite the race uh, today up there in Toronto and see if uh, Joseph Newgarden can go for uh, a repeat win and also get his second straight win. Newgarden dominated the race uh, last weekend at Iowa, led almost every lap of the race and just put a whooping on the field. Simon Pagano, who we had on the show last Sunday from Iowa, uh, he finished fourth in that race, by the way, challenged Pagano early on, but kind of faded as the race wore on. But, uh, uh, and of course, Newgarden is still driving with those injuries he suffered at Texas uh, last month. He still has the pins in his shoulder and everything. Couldn't even lift the trophy over his head last weekend in Iowa because of um, because of the injuries he sustained, and uh, he is still recovering from that incident. So he'll be back behind the wheel today, and he'll have to try and handle all those bumps uh, with uh, with his uh, ongoing recovery from those injuries at Texas. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. We're hoping to talk to Jeff Hockman here from World Racing Group in just a couple of moments, but uh, we have time for your phone calls too if you want to talk about maybe you're on your way to uh, to Toronto and you're uh, checking out the IndyCar race today or if uh, you want to talk about uh, Dale Jr. sitting out today at New Hampshire for the Spring Cup Series um, with that uh, with the concussion symptoms and the possibility of Jeff Gordon, Gordon uh, returning behind the wheel next weekend in Indianapolis uh, if that should be the case. Before we, we get to Jeff Hockman, I'll just brief overview again of the announcement this week that Super Dirt Week will be moving to the Oswego Speedway. Uh, I think the, the timeline that they were going to announce this got speeded up a little bit because the governor uh, on Wednesday uh, happened to, to spill the beans officially. Again, it's a, it's been an ongoing rumor that this was going to happen, and uh the dirt car officials never really denied it, said, yep, this was our plan B, but still had never officially announced that that was going to happen. Well, 
the governor, Andrew Cuomo, was in Oswego on Wednesday and was there for a press conference that had nothing to do with, with Super Dirt Week. He was announcing a, a grant the city was getting, I believe, to, to do a tourism. But, of course, reporters were there and asked him about it, and he pretty much admitted that, yes, Super Dirt Week was going to be at Oswego. So that got the ball rolling, and I, I think uh, that sped up the uh, official announcement of this going down. But uh, basically all the events that took place on the mile the last 44 years uh, at the New York State Fairgrounds are going to move to Oswego. Um, the big big block race, of course, which will be 300 laps this year instead of 200. Uh, the 358 race on Saturday, which is always 150 laps. Uh, Pro Stocks and Sportsmen as well, too. They will all race uh, on the Oswego uh, half mile, and they will have to bring in a few hundred truckloads of clay, too, to cover the uh, five-eighths mile racing surface there at the Oswego Speedway. They'll truck it in uh, after Race of Champions weekend in mid-September, and uh, we'll cover it with clay. They'll have about two weeks to get the surface ready before uh, teams come rolling in. And with that, we'll go to the AT&T hotline and bring in the director of events for Dirt Car and World Racing Group and talk to Jeff Hockman. Jeff, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you again. How you doing, Dave? Good talking to you. Good, doing well. And uh, first off, just want to say congratulations on uh, finally making this official. But now that we've got plans in place for Super Dirt Week 45, it sounds like it's going to be a great time at the Steel Palace come October. Yeah, we're we're excited that we can finally start to move move forward with some planning and uh, and uh, kind of put in place uh, put put in place uh, this year's uh, Super Dirt Week. Uh, you know, with everything that happened at the fairgrounds last year, um, you know, there was a lot of questions out there. And uh, one thing we always said is there was always going to be Super Dirt Week, and uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we could start working on that. How long is this this plan? Not only the plan, you know, once you found out that the, the fairgrounds were going to be going away, how long have you and the folks at World Racing Group and CEO Brian Carter, how long have you guys been kind of planning, all right, where are we going to move this event and, you know, coming up with all the different scenarios? Well, I mean, we, you know, as, as always, I mean, Super Dirt Week, we start working on the next year, uh, the weekend that the, the uh, current year is going on. Right. We start selling tickets. Um, in camping spots right away on, mm-hmm. uh, on that Saturday. We, we open up for the following year. So, um, you know, with uh, the impending uh, finale, um, we obviously started working closely with the state, and, and uh, the state and the governor's office uh, gave us that commitment that they wanted uh, Napa Auto Parts Super Dirt Week to stay in New York State mm-hmm. and, um, you know, made that commitment to keep it here for uh, – for 10 more years. Jeff Hockman joining us from World Racing Group and Dirt Card. Jeff, uh, let's talk about the logistics a little bit. Uh, uh, You'll have about two weeks to get the the racing surface ready. Just tell our listeners how much clay you're going to be trucking in and give us maybe a brief overview of the process that's going to take place. Well, we obviously have to truck in some clay, and I know there's there's some folks out there that uh, said, well, you know, these guys did it at Rockford. Uh, The big difference... uh, and, and saw some of the video of, of Rockford, and Rockford was still an, an incredible event with some great racing, um, probably not the uh, A surface that uh, that the fans or, or drivers or us wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we had we had about two and a half days to put the clay on there. Right. Um, you know, where we have a couple weeks. So, obviously, uh, we're working on uh, finding the right clay, um, there's an art to it, and I'm surely not going to speak to that art because I am not the track uh, <laughs> and the clay guru. 
Um, I, I do know that one of, one of my good friends, Harvey Fink, once said you had to taste the clay to make sure that it was right. And uh, so um, that's an art beyond uh, beyond my um, yeah. But I know. But uh, we'll put the uh, we'll have a couple weeks, as you said. We're thinking it's going to take about 600 loads of clay to uh, to put about 12 to uh, 12 inches, 12 to 18 inches of clay. Um, again, I may be speaking a little bit out of line. That sure. could turn into 15 inches. That could turn into 12, uh, depending on the area. And, you know, obviously, uh, for the folks that have been to this Wego Speedway in the past, um, the inside uh, retaining wall is uh, low, so obviously we'll have to install some inside retaining wall and uh, and get the facility ready for some dirt care. Dirt track racing. Yeah, and the Oswego Speedway is one of the, the great racing short tracks in this country. I, I love every chance I get to go there uh, just to watch pavement racing. Even more excited now to see see it covered in dirt. But just uh, what are, have the uh, the Teresi family that operate Oswego Speedway and, and Danny Kapazinski and their staff, What I know they have committed a lot to, to to make this event happen as well. Yeah, we've, we've been working with them for a while. I mean, obviously, as uh, – SDNYRP was being built. Um, there, there's obviously the process uh, in putting together and building that facility, and um, you know we obviously know that uh, you know there's uh, challenges in building anything. So um, we had been talking to them and uh, and talking to them about a backup plan. We felt that that was uh, that was our best option if CNYRP wasn't completed. Um, was to go to the Swigo Speedway and been working with them, and uh, they've had full support since day one um, in uh, in bringing Super Dirt Week to the Swigo. Uh, you, of course, you mentioned Central New York Raceway Park, the track that was it was being built by Glenn Donnelly, who was the founder of Dirt uh, back in the 1970s. What uh, what do you, what is the status from what you know from your discussions with Glenn? Is obviously it's not going to be ready for Super Dirt Week this year, but is is that track going to get finished at some point and potentially hold future Super Dirt Weeks? Uh, surely not my, uh, surely not anything I can speak to. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, I know probably as much as uh, as everyone else knows and what mm. what they read. And you know, in, in building any facility, there's always challenges. But uh, you know, I know it's uh, always been. I, I do know it's always been Glenn's vision to finish a facility, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and have that state-of-the-art facility here in central New York. And, um, you know, I, I don't think he gives up very easy. So uh, I don't really know the status at this point. Uh, my focus has been on the, excite- the excitement of Super Dirt Week this year. And, uh, you know, we all know and uh, we all know that there'll never be anything like the mile, but it's uh, – it's our job at World Racing Group to make Super Dirt Week as close to the racing's biggest party and the great racing and the get together for all the fans that we can, um, you know, like it's been in the past. Right. Yeah, that, and that's a huge part of the event too. Not only the racing, but just the gathering, the uh, the Woodstock of the dirt car world. I guess you could say that brings everybody together every October. Jeff, last thing before we let you go. Uh, this is also a big week for Super Dirt Car. Uh, they're heading to the Eldora Speedway and talk about just a great spotlight for the series. You guys, the Big Block Modifieds, running Tuesday at Eldora, and then also Wednesday in a companion event with the Truck Series race on Wednesday. This is a great time for the Super Dirt Car stars to shine this week. 
Uh, I'm very excited about the week. I'm actually uh, in Syracuse right now, and I'll be doing media tours uh, tomorrow at Oswego Speedway, and then uh, fly in, uh, fly out tomorrow night to Eldora. It, it, it's so exciting for the big blocks to be on the stage out in Eldora. It's it's not just Eldora. It's not just NASCAR. I mean, it's uh, it's one of the uh, meccas of motorsports, mm-hmm. and um, to be on that new stage, uh, I'm excited. Uh, uh, excited to be able to showcase the Super Dirt Car Series. Uh, we all know up here in the Northeast that uh, there's some of the greatest drivers in the country, um, and it's nice to expand that beyond expand that beyond the Northeast, mm-hmm. some out in Eldora, beyond the World Finals and Dirt Car Nationals. Uh, you know, arguably they put on the best show um, wow. when they sit on those stages and. You know, I was at the the inaugural um, uh, inaugural truck race out there, mm-hmm. and they had late models as a support class. And uh, I think the the regular NASCAR fan that uh, that sits there and uh, you know watches NASCAR day in and day out, and they saw the late models pop on the track after the trucks, and saw the speeds and what they can do. Um, you know, I think the big blocks will be there to shine just like they did. Uh, Jeff, real quick, if fans want to get their Super Dirt Week tickets and camping spots, where can they go to obtain those? Uh, well, um, we're in the renewal process right now. Obviously, when uh, we, we sold uh, what we call uh, personal seat licenses or camping licenses uh, when we were still working on the final location, we're going through that renewal process now. Um, I can tell you camping uh, will go on sale to the public. August 8th, after we get through the renewal process from folks that have had camping in the past, um, hope to have the tickets on sale a little bit earlier than that, but it'll definitely not be any later than August 8th. And uh, when when that time comes, it's uh, 844-DIRT-TIX. That's 844-D-I-R-T-T-I-X. Um, you can also go to superdirtweekonline.com. Um and SuperDirtWeekOnline.com will have FAQs and event schedule and stories. And, um, you know, we're obviously putting together a full comprehensive uh, website that has maps and trying to answer as many questions because, you know, uh, there's a lot of fans that have been the Super Dirt Week for 44 straight years. Mm-hmm. Now in the 45th year, they have to figure out uh, – what that new process is, and we want to make it as easy as possible. Very good, Jeff. Thank you for answering my questions. Uh, it, again, congratulations. Uh, enjoy Eldora this week, and I'm sure we'll see you in a couple of weeks when the big blocks come to Ransomville for the Summer Nationals. Thanks for the time this morning. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, Jeff Hockman from World Racing Group and Dirt Car on the big move of Super Dirt Week to Oswego here in October. Uh, October 9th is the big day. Uh, runs October 4th through the 9th. For Super Dirt Week, also the satellite events, including uh, the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, which usually run at Rolling Wheels Raceway Park during Super Dirt Week. They will be at the Fulton Speedway on Saturday night of Super Dirt Week, along with the uh, the big block win and you're in last chance qualifier, too. So that was the other big change this week for Super Dirt Week. When we get back, we'll uh, wrap up this week's edition of Fast Track with our usual local racing roundup. And uh, we can squeeze in a few more phone calls, too, at 803-0551-888. 550-2550 when we wrap up Fast Track next here on WGR. Hi, <laughs> race fans. Dave Buchanan for my friends at Batavia Downs. 
Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination, and the place looks phenomenal. They've re recently renovated the front entrance there at Batavia Downs and the gaming floor, and it just looks outstanding. And you need to check out all the great games at Batavia Downs, including all your favorite uh, movie and TV themed games like The Hangover, Family Guy, Sex in the City, Titanic, Michael Jackson, ZZ Top, Wheel of Fortune. They got them all. They're a ton of fun to play all the great games at Batavia Downs. And also check out 34 Rush right inside Batavia Downs Gaming. That's Thurman Thomas's sports bar. Check it out. He's got uh, his Hall of Fame jacket on display, jerseys from his playing days here in Buffalo, lots of great memorabilia uh, hanging uh, on the walls there at 34 Rush. And stop by and uh, get yourself a beverage or uh, have a bite to eat. They've got delicious food to inside 34 Rush and tons of HD TVs, all your favorite sports, uh, baseball, horse racing, car racing, uh, the, the summer games coming up. They have them on all the big screen TVs. They also have that big 15-foot projection screen they roll out on weekends, too, inside 34 Rush. They also have Fortune's Italian Restaurant at Batavia Downs. Uh, delicious pasta and pizza dishes are phenomenal. Batavia Downs Gaming is open daily, 8 a.m. until 4 a.m., and it's right off the thruway exit 48 in Batavia. For more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info on all promotions, and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about him right here on Fast Track. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And we start with the Thursday night action because Genesee Speedway had their traditional Thursday show the week of the Genesee County Fair. And it was Dave Dubois picking up another win in the crate late models. Actually, he doubled up. He also won the 360 late model feature on Thursday night. Tony Moscato got his first career sportsman win. Jesse Kotermaus got the win in the street stocks. Brad Shepard again in the mini stocks. And Eddie Kowalczyk got the win in the Bandits. Friday night action, Freedom Motorsports Park. They had the ULMS super late models in town. Max Blair got the win over Dave Hess and Bump Headman. Sportsman Kyle Lindman over Brad Rouse. Street stocks, Al Brewer over Mike Jackson. And uh, in the mini stocks, it was Billy Dubois getting the win there Friday night. Saturday night action, Lancaster National Dragway. Billy Ryan and TNT Hot Rod, Zell Gaiman in top eight. Mark Glom in top, top ET. Dale Eckert in Mod ET. Angelo Salemi in Sleds and Bikes. Kale Wishman in Street ET. And they had a record-setting night with Todd Payton in his top field dragster. He reset the track record in ET and miles per hour. Those records had stood for a long time, but he had a 3.306 second pass on the eighth mile, and he reset the mile per hour record, too, at 233 miles an hour down the drag strip at Lancaster on Friday night. Ransomville Friday night, Ryan Susie back in victory lane in the 358 modifies. Bryce Davis dominated the rush late model feature. Jaron Israel goes back-to-back -back in the street stocks. Pat O'Keefe in the four bangers. And Chris Miller got his first career win in the novice sportsman. Saturday night action, Lancaster Speedway last night. It was Mark Pennell with a dominating win in the Sportsman. Bobby Weber got the late model victory. In the street stock, Lou Carbone got his first career win. Kevin Bainbridge in the four cylinders. And Paul McCarthy won the vintage race on Saturday night. Wyoming County National Speedway actually got the results on time. Uh, Jimmy Pierce got the win in the four cylinders. Dave Krawczyk in the super stocks. And Wayne Baker got the win in the SST Modifieds there on Saturday night in Perry. State Line Speedway, it was Dave Hess in the super late models. Dave Lyon got the win in the uh, crate late models. And then it was uh, David Scott in the E-Mods and Justin Carlson in the Pro-Mods and Dave Shagla in the street stocks uh, at State Line Speedway. Merrittville Speedway last night. Tyler LaFontese in the mini stocks. Uh, Josh Slater in the mod lights. Sportsman Brad Rouse. And then they had their uh, big 65-lap anniversary special that was broken up into three segments. Ryan Soucy won the first segment, but then Chad Brockman uh, picked up the win in the second and the very important third segment. So Chad Brockman got the overall win there 
at Merrittville on Saturday night. Holland Speedway last night. Uh, the twin Charger features, they were split by Zach Myers and Dave Vona. Kenny Hothands Hanna got the Hornets win. Sean Nye and the Midgets. Brandon DeBrackelier and the Legends. Dale Lombardo and the Rookie Fours. And Sharon Hughes got the win in the figure eights. Busy weekend of racing here in western New York and southern Ontario. And some great weather to go along with it. It was a great time at uh, all the tracks I got to see this weekend. Hope you had a good time, too, if you caught some local racing this weekend. Tonight, if you're looking for some racing action, the Humberstone Speedway. Uh, in action tonight in Port Colborne. It is uh, autograph night at Humberstone, plus there are five divisions of racing, and you can go meet the stars that drive the cars there at Humberstone. Jay Mallory got the win there last Sunday night in the Sportsman uh, at Humberstone Speedway. Dennis Lunger in the late models, Jason Fontaine in the street stocks, Craig Velasic in the Pro 4 trucks, and Rob Goulding got the mini stock win at Humberstone last Sunday. And again, they'll be in action tonight at 6.30. That'll do it for us. We're going to take you back to golf coverage. And then after the golf coverage, we'll go out to Loudon, New Hampshire and join uh, Doug Rice, Mark Garrow, and the gang from the Performance Racing Network for the uh, remainder of the NASCAR race from New Hampshire. So stay tuned to WGR for the rest of the day. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on Fast Track. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.